I uh, probably know, don't need to tell you this, but there's a lot of fans in the vicinity who could use some good news. Hopefully the Kings can take care of business tonight. We got a, maybe a glimmer of some good news uh, from Kyle Shanahan today. Uh, and we hopefully will get more good news when we head out to Phoenix. Uh, Kyle Draper standing by there as we get ready for the Kings and the Sun. So let's see if the Kings can't take care of their business tonight. The good news as far as the 49ers go, I was talking to Emil Fergoso about the uh, the uh, end of the year presser uh, with uh, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and it sounds like, for what it's worth, the attitude here from Kyle Shanahan is, here we go, one more time with this group. We want to win with this group. They've got maybe one more year to do it before things start getting really sticky in terms of the cap, but I guess that's good news. It's like, yeah. They're not going to break up the gang yet. One more go-round next year, at least. And then we'll see also interesting news. Eric Armstead, we found out he's been playing with a torn meniscus. Uh, And I'm sorry, do we have Kyle at this point? Yes, here he is. Thank you, Jay. My apologies. From Phoenix, Arizona, is he wearing his Eagles sarape today? I don't know. Let's find out. Kyle Draper. Hello, Drapes. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, you knew I wouldn't miss this show, Whitey. You know, even though your boy wanted to be out there golfing, hanging out with my guy Mike Bibby, taking in the sun. You know, it's an off day from TV for me. But I said, you know what? Let me rush in here, be present, deliver the best radio content for the next three and a half hours. So your boy is here ready to go, of course. We appreciate that. Doing doing your job, huh? (laughs) That's nice. Man, going above and beyond. Exactly. (laughs) Doing my job. You are 100% right. You're 100% right. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, it is a nationally televised game tonight, right? So you got the TNT crew, I believe. Yeah, TNT. So no pregame on uh, NBC Sports California. No postgame. No halftime. Uh, no drapes in Katie, and so we get to be fans today uh, here at Footprint Center. I'm here right now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, waiting for the guys to get here. Kind of a late start uh, out, you know, in, in general. Uh, 8 o'clock uh, West Coast time, if I'm correct, right, uh, I think it is, or 8 o'clock out here, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7 o'clock, uh, right. 8 o'clock here, right? Yeah, yeah. it's 8 o'clock yeah. here in Phoenix, and so kind of a late game, and uh you know, uh, a big one, too. You know, tonight and tomorrow before the All-Star break, uh, it's a, a big game against uh, two uh, rivals in, in the uh, conference. So it should be a good one tonight. Yeah, and this game potentially has um, uh, home court advantage, uh, season series advantage ramifications, right? I mean, this season series, the Kings could clinch it if they win tonight, which would give them a tiebreaker edge. Exactly. Kings 2-1 and one so far against Phoenix you beat them this time. You go up 3-1. Three, three, uh, Phoenix, one of the teams they'll play five games against because of that in-season tournament, them and the Pelicans. But you're right. I mean, this could come down to a 4-5 matchup or something like that. Who has home court advantage? And so the Kings have had the Suns number. If you remember, though, when we were here last month, yeah. it was the comeback heard around the world, you know, when yeah. Phoenix went on that late game run. And so uh, hopefully this is not a house of horrors or PTSD for the Sacramento Kings. Hopefully they come out and handle their business tonight. You know, the worst thing about that game was that Grayson Allen was the one that just went off, right? Grayson right. Allen, of all people. <laughs> made nine threes or whatever it was. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Of nine threes. And you're right. If Kevin Durant goes off, okay, I get it. Bradley Beal, you know what? Okay, Devin Booker, but Grayson Allen? Exactly. That's what's so scary uh, about this Suns team. It was like the Kings did a great job on everybody else. It wasn't KD and Booker that beat them. It was Grayson freaking Allen 
that got it done and the Kings turning the ball over as well. And so, I, you know, they got to shore up the defensive end, especially against this team, Whitey. We've talked about their struggles guarding the three-point line. Well, you got some snipers mm-hmm. on this Phoenix Suns team, and so I think that's going to be huge tonight. Yeah. So what are the Kings? We still don't know what they are, right? I mean, you got two more games and then the All-Star break, which we tend to think of as a halfway point. We know that, no, it's actually we're well past that, but it is um, an appropriate time once you get to that break to start a, you know, stop and take stock of things as you get ready for the for the push towards the postseason, hopefully. But I still, me personally, I'm still not sure who or what this Kings team is, Kyle. Can you tell us? Do we know yet? I, I think they are consistently inconsistent. That's like the only consistent thing we know about this team, right? Mm-hmm. Is that they're going to be inconsistent. I think, you know, what you have here is, you know, a very good offensive team when when the threes go down. You know, like they can be an elite level offensive team. What concerns me, and I'm going to keep beating this drum and hitting this nail on the head, is the defense. We know that despite whatever the numbers, I haven't even looked up defensive rating, Whitey, but the eye test tells me this Kings team is not a good defensive team. And until they shore that up, you know, uh, it'll be tough to see a run towards the Western Conference Finals. Now, there's still time. But the problem is in today's NBA, first and foremost, it's not even about, you know, defending the rim. It's about defending the three-point line. They're dead last in three-point defense. And so it's – I was talking to Mike Bibby earlier today. We were talking about it and just how, you know, defensively, you know, we wish we would have a Doug Christie on this team or a Ron Artest on this team or just somebody. And I don't know if anybody's out there on the buyout market or anything like that. I know we talked about it yesterday. But defensively, this team has to improve. So when you ask what do we know about this team, who is this team, it's a consistently inconsistent squad right now. Yeah, just to answer your question, right now the Kings' defensive rating, they're 19th. Their offensive rating is uh, 14th. The net is still uh, half a point on the positive side. But you're right. I mean, clearly, no matter what those numbers say, you know that it's it's not what it needs to be. And as we do so often here, and you have to check every day to keep track in the West, you look at these standings. Minnesota now is on top because they beat mm. the Clippers so it's Minnesota, OKC, Clippers, Denver, then New Orleans fifth with uh, yep. 32 wins. Phoenix is right behind them, 31 and 22. Then the Kings, half a game behind the Suns. Yeah. So right now, Kings half a game out of the playoffs, and they'd be in the play-in. With Dallas, uh, they're, they're just percentage points behind. Dallas has won five in a row. And the Warriors last night with a win. They're 10th now. They would be in the play-in if the play-in started today. Uh, they're 26 and 25 so uh, you, you got a lot yeah. of work left to do, and it ain't going to be easy. Yeah, and if we thought the West was difficult two weeks ago, yeah, it's even more difficult right now. I mean, the Mavericks, the moves they made seem to have paid off. They won five in a row. You look at uh, Golden State, they've won five in a row. I will say the Warriors' schedule has been kind of kind of soft, though, so I'm not fully buying in mm-hmm. on them just as of yet. But, you know, if we saw them in a play-in tournament, Whitey, would we guarantee win that game? I'm not uh, 100% confident. You know, I think it's 60-40 us, but the Warriors could win, especially when you got a guy like Steph Curry. That's why I think avoiding the play-in is so important for this Kings team. Think about this, Whitey. The Kings are seventh in the Western Conference. This would be the play-in, right? Yeah. If it ended today. Eighth is Dallas. Who do they have? 
Luka Doncic, one of the game's greats right now. Ninth, the Lakers. Who do they have? LeBron James, one of the game greats. Tenth, Golden State. Who do they have? Steph Curry. So if you find yourself in the play-in, you're going to have to face arguably an all-time great. And I don't trust that in a one-game series. Right. You can beat them, yes. You can beat all those teams. Or LeBron can sit in the hot tub time machine and look like 2012 <laughs> LeBron James. Luka Doncic could be an all-world player. We've seen what Steph uh, can do. That's why it's so important to get one of those top, top six seeds. Yes, absolutely. You made a great point about the Warriors, by the way, and we'll see um, because there's they're a different team right now, apparently, yeah. than they were earlier in the year. But uh, they're 26 and 25 now. However, to the point you made, in the division, in the Pacific Division, they're 4 and 8. And in the conference, they're 14 and 19. But this, right. uh, so they still have to prove that they're yeah. legitimate in the West. I don't know if you saw this or heard it. Draymond said last night, you know, my suspension helped us. <laughs> you did, I, I did, you did that. hear that. I did hear that. This guy, he always got to take credit for something, right? You know, uh, it, it was great that he was missing so Kaminga could step up. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, come on, Draymond. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's 100% true. Like, Kaminga has turned it on, but Draymond is acting like, you know what, uh, the silver lining here is, you know, even though I've punched a dude in the face and missed all these games, hey, that unlocked Jonathan Kaminga. Sometimes I wish Draymond would just shut up. Yeah, that's Sometimes not going to happen. I, I know I, what you I mean. I wish he, he would just avoid the post-game press conference. Yeah. Skip it on this day, Draymond. We don't need to see you. We don't need to hear from you. Yeah. He says, hey, I, I didn't want to get suspended. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's almost like in a way, almost as if he's implying – I'm so smart. Even when I do something wrong, <laughs> right. it's really the right thing. Yeah, that's right. what a, that's what a genius I am. I don't know if he's saying that, but it seems like it, it's implied. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. But I, I, they are playing some good ball, and they're scary right now. Kaminga does look like a different person. But I, I mentioned their week schedule. They won at Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not a good team. They won at Philadelphia. No Joel and beat. They beat the Indiana Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton, you know, limping on one hamstring. You know, they had a good win against Phoenix. Steph hit that miracle shot. Yes. Remember that. Yes. And then they beat a Utah team that just sold off a lot of their pieces. And so, sure, they've won five in a row. They got a tough one uh, tomorrow night against the Clippers. Let's see them, uh, you know, how how they play tomorrow against the Clippers. Interesting matchup tonight because you you got the Suns, and they're just barely ahead of the Kings, but they are making a lot of moves. They're still acquiring Mm -hmm. players while the Kings have decided we are good. So uh, we'll take a look at why the Kings stood pat at the deadline, why they are still standing pat post-deadline when we come right back. Kyle's in Phoenix, Whitey here in Sacramento. Drive guys, sack down sports. Ah! Ready for the Kings and the Suns tonight. You can hear the game here, of course. It's a nationally televised game with Kyle Draper standing by in Phoenix. Drapes, before we get back to the Warriors, you know, a lot of people, and I know you're not one of them, but a lot of people still struggling with what happened to the 49ers. Have you seen... Uh, the videos all over the place on social media of people destroying their televisions at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I saw that. Or, is that true? Or I, is that I, I, when people do that? I think they're just doing that for clicks sometimes. Whitey, what do you think? I have wondered about that myself because I saw one, and then the first thing I thought is, why is someone videotaping someone watching TV? You know, or right. not videotaping, but recording it on a camera. Uh, so I don't know. There are a lot of them. That's a. I mean. 
do you, is there enough upside there to <laughs> <laughs> to just destroy a pretty nice TV? I don't uh, know. No, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's uh, <laughs> I know people do anything for clicks, but it, like you said, I don't know. I don't get the upside on it. Sure, you get a couple extra clicks. Maybe uh, Good Morning America or somebody will be like, Look yeah, at this fool right here. Yeah, you know, but. I'm uh, going to go viral. You know, yeah. to me, it's kind of a lose-lose, right? Yeah. A, even if you do get the clicks, you still look like a fool, right? Like, yeah. this dude's taking it way too seriously. And if you aren't doing it for clicks, then you got an anger management problem. Uh-huh. And you uh-huh. need some help, uh-huh. right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's, 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 uh, people are taking it far too serious here. Just think if there's a guy, some guy somewhere, and he's like, oh, I got a great idea. When this game ends, I'm going to go ballistic, and then I'll go viral. And then he does that, then he finds out there's like 400 people <laughs> <laughs> around the country. Right, like 8,000 others yeah. that like, did the oh, same thing. Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I understand how heartbreaking it was for 49ers fans. I get it. You know, my Eagles lost last year and you know it's it's gut-wrenching you know but that's taking it a little too far yeah hey i saw where the tv ratings for this year's super bowl were higher than last year's so Mm. the 49ers beat the eagles again i mean that's the way i look at that i I, I credit it to taylor swift uh my girl (laughs) you're probably right yeah tay tay getting that's 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 what i call her you know we on first name uh basis tay tay yeah so uh no it's uh i'll tell you what my uh, daughter, she's so funny. She's a big Taylor Swift fan. And she's watching the game, and she texts me, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. But that was when the Niners were winning. Once the Chiefs came back, oh. she's texting me, Kelsey, woo-hoo, and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't even know who Kelsey is, but she knows it's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. That first half, she was bored out of her mind. But you, you, if you remember watching, second half, Kelsey started to do a couple things, and every time he made a play, a catch, whatever, they cut to Taylor Swift. So my daughter was satisfied yeah. after that. I hope you were a good father. I know you're a good father, of but course. I hope you were a good enough 100%. father to explain to her, honey, that's because Dre Greenlaw got hurt, and he uh, would be shutting down your boy still if he hadn't tore his Achilles. Did you explain that to her? Uh, I left that part out. <laughs> I left that part out. I, you know what's interesting? She went to school yesterday. She wore a new outfit and everything, and she's like, yeah, as soon as I got there, boys were saying, I hate Taylor Swift. We hate Taylor Swift. And I was like, honey, you should have wore your Taylor Swift sweatshirt. That's how you, like, <laughs> that's that's how you talk, tra- talk trash back. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, that's, right. You know? It's Defiant. so uh, Yeah. Exactly. You know? It's so uh, wear your Taylor Swift gear from head to Trust me. If I would have had a Taylor Swift T-shirt, I would have had it on yesterday. I'd have it on today, but I don't have one yet. All right, all right. Um, we we're still hoping maybe somehow, some way, the Kings are going to do something with the roster, but it doesn't doesn't yeah. appear to be the case. And the Suns, whom they play tonight, meanwhile they uh, they had a Thaddeus Young uh, after making the trade for uh, Royce O'Neal, a guy that the Kings were supposedly looking at. And then also there's there's talk today. I don't know how much there is how solid it is, but there's talk that Danilo Gallinari may uh. also be joining the Suns. So it's like. My goodness, they're making all these moves. The Kings are doing nothing. Why not? Well, Monty McNair, last year uh, during the summer, during an interview with, I know he talked to you too, but he talked to Sam Amick, and he said uh, the Kings' ability to upgrade in a major way if this current group isn't getting the job done, that's a major part of the plan. So is that the explanation, Kyle? It's like, look, we don't want to trade useful assets 
for somebody that's going to come in and maybe help us a little. We're committed to this group. If this group doesn't work, then we have to uh, go into a major overhaul, and we're going to need every asset we have in order to execute that. Is that where we yeah, are? Yeah, I, th- I-, I think that's where we are right now. Um, what concerns me about that, Whitey, is you had the opportunity to make moves in the offseason. You had an opportunity to make moves at the trade deadline. If it doesn't happen this season, I'm talking about at least making it to the second round. Mm-hmm. Then you got to do something this offseason if you're Monty McNair. You can't let another trade cycle, free agent cycle, whatever it may be, go by without making any major moves. And I don't know if you saw the news or not today. With the Sasha Vizankov update, he's going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks. Yeah, because of a grade three right ankle sprain. So your big offseason acquisition has not panned out. One because of injuries, obviously, you know, just a, a rough stretch of, of bad luck with the, this ankle sprain. But two, he, he just hasn't panned out, and that was your big offseason move. And so I think you know, if you're Monty McNair this offseason, either. And I've said this before. Either you got to be damn sure Keegan Murray makes that, you know, Peja Stoyakovich kind of leap, or you got to upgrade the talent of the roster at that position. Yeah. In terms, you know, you, mm-hmm. you need more firepower is what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I think this summer is critical for the Sacramento Kings, critical for Keegan's development to see what he's going to become, and also Keegan from, uh, key for Monty McNair to try and go out there and add some talent to this roster. Yesterday, later in the show, uh, Emmy called and she gave us the update. You know, the news had come out, I yeah. think, over the weekend. Uh, big Sasha fan, of course. She gave us the update on Sasha. She also said, as only Emmy can, and I wish you were here to hear, to hear it. She said, bang, bang, Niner gang for life. That was Emmy. So, <laughs> And I think that was for you and you're, you weren't able to hear it. But yeah, bang, bang, Niner gang for life. From Emmy yesterday, that was the uh, the caller of the day was Emmy. I, I'll tell you what, and it's the last time I'm going to say this. <laughs> this is the last time I'm going to say this, Whitey. Niner fans, y'all can't talk no more. Y'all got to be quiet, too. Y'all lost. It'd be different if you won. Y'all lost, too. You just got to chill, take the L, and we'll see you back here in August and September. Right now, you can't talk trash to Eagles fans. Eagles fans, we, we already understand. Our squad didn't get it done. Yeah. But the Niners didn't get it done either. With There's the re- only one team that can talk trash, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. With the rebuttal, here's Jay Johnson. Oh, no, no. I wouldn't rebuttal. Not oh, okay. Because I, 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 I don't think it was going towards something. Eagles fans anyway. I don't even think it was going towards you, Drape. She was just representing for the squad. So I oh, see oh. I see how you coming with the faint of heart type situation. <laughs> but, you know, let 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 Emmy do her, man. Nah, you know me, man. I, I'm, I'm a little uh, jittery over here. Like uh, the, the first hint of uh, somebody throwing some shade at me or my Eagles, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm a little sensitive in these parts. You know, we were talking yesterday. We had a lot of callers talking about the game, and um, it's interesting because there's a lot of people calling that were said they were fans of neither team. Uh, but one guy said, you know, I think that was one of the five best Super Bowls ever. And Jay and I were talking. We said, it, you know, it was an entertaining game because it was close yeah. and everything, yeah. and 49er fans will never forget it. But, you know, there were so many periods where punt, 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 right, field goal. Right. It was an unforgettable game, but I would not put it anywhere near one of the top five nah. best Super Bowls ever. 
I, I agree. I, you know, that first half was pretty forgettable, to be honest with you. Like, it, it, you know, it was a great ending, a good, yeah. good finish, you know, uh, a good quarter and a half, if you will. But, you know, it, it I don't think it was even a good, well-played game. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't think either quarterback, you know, for the most part, you know, the first two and a half quarters looked that good. Mahomes looked good late in the game uh, when it mattered the most. I, I didn't think any of the star players, especially for the Niners, and we could have this conversation, you know, where's Debo Samuel at? Where's George Kittle at? Kittle had a bad shoulder. And yeah. I'm not making excuses, but it's 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 interesting, and it speaks to their issues going forward. Kittle had a bad shoulder. Debo pulled a hamstring, right? I mean, so many of them were either banged up. We just found out today Armstead had a torn meniscus in his knee. Hargrave. Yeah. That's torn that's finger. Right. That's right. That's was, right. Uh, yeah. Is that what we're doing Ripped now, Jay? Him. Well, I'm, I don't know fact. what we're doing. I'm just saying what, <laughs> what Kyle Shanahan is doing and Lynch was saying on their oh, postgame, yeah. pre- I mean, their postseason <laughs> yeah. presser. What I'm saying is – I'm not saying, Kyle, that, oh, that's why they lost. I'm saying, okay, you lost now, so now looking ahead, well, you were, you had every reason to think you'd be about as healthy as you could be, and you still weren't, and you got, like, right, the right. fourth oldest roster in terms of players who play a lot. Mm-hmm. So that causes uh, raises some questions going forward. That's all I'm saying. You no, know, and you're 100% right. And, you know, one thing I learned by watching my Eagles, it's not guaranteed. I, I know the Niners are the favorites right now to win next year's Super Bowl, but – there's so much time between now and then, and I think if you're a Niners fan, and Jay, you could talk, talk to this, you know, you were that close, and there's no guarantee. There's no promise that you're going to make it there. And so when you're that close, it hurts that much more. Yeah, I was, you know, it's funny you say that, Drake, because I was talking to a friend, uh, actual, uh, they're a PR to a, a player that played for San Francisco 49ers, and um we, he was just checking in, saying what's going on and everything today, and we we're having a conversation. And he was saying, you know, the toughest part about it is, when's the last time a loser of a Super Bowl right. got back to got a Super back. Bowl, yeah. let alone got back and won? And yeah. I couldn't think of one. Like, the last time I can remember someone losing and getting back was the Buffalo Bills. So I had to I really— think yeah. New England— yeah, I had to yeah. go look it yeah. up, yeah, and that's where I was yeah. going with yeah. it. I had to go back and look at it to see, like, oh, the Patriots. And then I thought about it, well, damn. That's Tom Brady. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. so now if you're really looking at it, we're probably going off the bills. Mm-hmm. And I, Well, that, did the Chiefs do it? Did they lose to Tampa well, they, and yeah. they come back? Uh, they didn't come back the next year, the next but year, la- yeah. they came back oh, last they didn't year come against back. your oh, team. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last year yeah. against my team. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard, man. It's incredibly hard. It's difficult. And, you know, things got to fall into place, you know. What if the Niners lose a, a, a defensive coordinator? I don't know if Steve Wilkes will leave or not. Some people will say or usher him out the door themselves. But, you know, we saw what happened to the Eagles. They lose their offensive and defensive coordinator, and the team's not the same. What if this Brandon Ayuk situation is legit and he wants his way out? You know, you, you just never know. What if injuries occur? And so, no, you're right. It's, it's hard. to, And I guess that's what makes what Kansas City is doing. That much more impressive, mm-hmm. fellas. True. Because not only, you know, we're talking about the loser getting back. It's hard for the winner yep. to get back there, yep. too. Yeah. Like, I mean, what, first repeat since uh, Tom Brady and the boys, you know, what, and, and you know, 10 years ago? And so, no, it's uh, it's incredibly difficult. 
Yeah, it seems like whatever the question is, who's the last Super Bowl team to do whatever it is, the answer is always, oh, the Patriots. Just the Patriots. Right. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the question is. <laughs> they did it. Yeah, they did it. And you it. almost yeah. kind of have to remove that because Tom yeah, Brady is right. special. You that know, doesn't yeah, count. Exactly. Doesn't different. count. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Today, Kyle said he gave an indication that um, all the coaches will be back. I don't know, you know, maybe it's really too early to say, but he did give that indication. But speaking of the coaching, there's there's one thing that's still gnawing at me uh, after digesting this game. Share that with you when we come back. Also, we'll, we'll break down Wemby's block party as we roll on here. Drive guys with Kyle Draper in Phoenix today. Sackdown Sport. How about that? Producer of the year, Jay Johnson. Yes, we were talking about some music. What kind of music do you like? I said, oh, you know, I like STP. And there he plays it. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Kyle Draper in Phoenix today. Drapes, this might be for you on the chat. I'm not sure. Uh, Arthur Smith says, where'd it go here? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. It's Ryan Williams art. Ryan Williams art. Still NFC champ, Eagle boy. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I think that might be for you. Nah, that's it. Bring on the smoke, you know. (laughs) I got a table right over here. It's called the loser's table. (laughs) <laughs> 31 teams can sit at it, Ryan Art or Ryan Williams Art, and the Niners are one of them. My Eagles are there, too. We're hanging out at the table, too. The Kansas City Chiefs, meanwhile, they got their own section of the club. They can hang out, you know. Kelsey yeah. and Mahomes and those guys, they, they're in the roped-off version of the club. We in line hoping to get out. I mean, you, you can you – can, you know what's crazy, Whitey, and I know we got a lot to get to here over the next three We're good. Or so. We're good. Ryan Williams Art is celebrating an NFC championship. He's talking trash like my team just wasn't there last year. Like my team didn't win the Super Bowl six years ago. Come on, man. Is that what we're doing now, Niners fans? We we putting up banners for an NFC championship? No, games? no. Let me no. let me jump in there for hey, the 49ers Empire. Set, set we are not. Straight. He all talking we are trash. Not. We, we NFC yeah. champs, baby. We're, we're, nah, man. We, no. we too much of a proud franchise yes. to be talking We're like better that. than that. He's just saying – we are and you're not. That's all he's saying. Oh, all right. That's all he's saying. All right. Yeah. He can have that. And I'm really relieved in a way to hear. Simone just came in and she explained, you know, I, I figured we had her skeleton, Henrietta, wearing the Chiefs jersey. And I thought, there's no way the 49ers can lose. But it turns out, she just explained to me that your guy, Kyle, Kyle Ledbetter, yeah. he, I guess, got a little nervous. And he said, no, I'm wearing the jersey. I'm wearing the jersey. So he took it off the skeleton. So... The, ah, yeah, so that guy that, Kyle, that's yeah, that hex was not active, and I'm that so I'm I'm relieved because I was like, there's I know that's going to work, but that's why it he's didn't no work. longer able to be a part of this show. <laughs> I know, right? Forward. Traitor, you can hear my Traitor. voice. How much I was yelling at him. It's so bad. <laughs> you know what? Patrick Mahomes ain't win that Super Bowl. Kelsey ain't win that Super Bowl. Our boy Kyle Ledbetter no, won the Super Bowl for the Chiefs by <laughs> taking that jersey no. off Henrietta. That's yeah, awesome, yeah. man. Uh, oh. The end says the media is ripping Shanahan to pieces. Here's one thing. You guys, yeah. please tell me if I'm overreacting. But there's one thing when it comes to the coaching that I just can't get over. We know that there were nine times, nine times in the game when Purdy faced unblocked pressure, Right. So that means yep. nine times where it's like there's nobody blocking the blitzer or the rusher. We also know that when Patrick Mahomes rushed on that last drive, once to pick up the first down and another time for 19 yards, he was unaccounted for, right? He was unaccounted for. The two touchdown passes he threw, there was not a defender anywhere near 
the receiver who caught the touchdown pass. Yep. So okay. that's nine, uh, that's 13 plays, many of which were very significant in the Super Bowl, in which the Chiefs had a player that the 49ers did not account for. Mm. I mean, that's if that's not an indictment of your coaching, I don't know what is. Am I right? Uh, no, come on, Whitey. You can't do that. Uh, you, you're, you know what? I want Jay to chime in on this because basically what I'm hearing from Whitey with those stats that he just pointed out, 13 key plays that the Chiefs players were unca- unaccounted yes, for. Yes, yes. The 49ers were the coach. So yeah, I agree. It sounds like you're blaming Kyle Shanahan for this loss. Is that what you're doing? I want you to go on record. I want to make sure I got it straight first. I'm, that, it, I'm saying if, if if I'm right, that clearly the Chiefs outcoached the 49ers by a wide margin. That's why I'm asking you guys. Am I overreacting Jay, did to something? You get that? Is did it you get that Am feeling? I, missing something? I think you're overreacting there. Did they get outcoached? Yes. But I don't think it was a wide margin. I don't think it was a margin that was so great that there was no way the Niners were going to win. The Niners had this game, guys. Yeah. The defense got to step up. You got to stop uh, Mahomes. I, I mentioned earlier, they scored on their last four drives, three field goals and a touchdown. And three of those drives, they went longer than 60-plus yards. At some point, the players got to step up. What happened to the pass rush in the second half, late in the game? That well, disappeared. Are we blaming that on Shanahan, too? I, I think th- there's partial – well, let me say this. I think – he, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers coaching staff got outcoached for sure. I thought Steve Woods did a great job in the first half of, and I've said this yesterday, drapes you weren't around long yeah. enough, but I thought defensively he went player for player, scheme for scheme in the first half yeah. quite a bit. And I, my example was is even when Dre Greenlaw came out, you would see Flanagan fouls come in quite a bit for the first down play, and then they would bring in Logan Ryan to run the nickel package, yeah. you know, second and third down. And I thought it worked fantastic. And then second half, especially towards the end, they went to way more conventional zone, what the 49ers do. Mm-hmm. And so I thought they got out coached there. I'm not 100% on board as saying it's all on Shanahan, by all means. I'm definitely the person that says you got to go win a game as a player. You have to go do what you need to do, and get, and somebody has to step up and make a play. But I do think Shanahan got out coached. I'm not sure that that was the whole entire game, though. Yeah, I don't know if it was a whole game either, but yeah. to me that's just striking. I saw a picture today of one of Mahomes' rushes, you know, in the overtime where he just keeps the ball and no one – the 49ers, no one is covering him. And Bosa is running, and Bosa has both of his arms out like, where is everybody? <laughs> yeah. And it happened yeah. twice where he was unaccounted for. So is that why they lost the game? Well, it didn't help. There's a lot of things that go into it. But the more I think about that, it's just stunning. And again, the two touchdown passes, there's nobody near the chief right. receiver in the end zone. Nobody near him. Is it oh, real fast, Drapes and Whitey? Is there, if we were pinpointing, and it's never one thing, like this didn't come down to, oh my goodness, egregious hold, a flag. It didn't come down to one thing. But yesterday we were making a laundry list of the reasons. If you pinpointed one thing, what would be the one thing for you guys? What do you have, Drapes? I got the one thing I got. Most glaring issue. Most glaring issue. Hmm. That's a great question. That's, I that's would a, say you think about yeah. it for a second because I, Go ahead, let me to me, if they protected Purdy better, right, they'd have won right. the game. That's true. Yeah, I, I was going to say O line. I, I was going to say, and, and not even on the final possession for the Niners that that led to the field goal. Like 
the second half, I thought the Chiefs were able to get to Purdy a little more. Maybe not sack him, but how many times did we see him throw off his back foot? Right. And try to make something, you know, under duress. Mm-hmm. And so I would say the line. I, I would agree with Whitey on that. Yeah. I mean, you go back to a third and five with just under two minutes to go. If the 49ers pick that up, they could drive Game's down. And, yeah. Yeah. Game's yeah. over. You can say that. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not. But let, let me ask yeah. you this, yeah. though. Let, let me be uh, that guy because I'm going to be that guy right now. Did Purdy miss some throws late in the game? You know, there, there's the video of the one play. Uh, what was it? Ayuk was wide open coming across the middle. I think it was the third and five that we're talking about. And, and I, you know, he was pressured, but and I think he went to Debo instead of Ayuk. If he would have looked, you know, checked over to the second receiver, Ayuk was open. Do you think Purdy missed some opportunities in this game? I'm sure he must have, and I, I'll take your word for it. I know in a number of those plays, and I think both the third down and then the pass to Jennings in overtime – I don't think he had time to do anything other than to get it out of there before he got hammered. But I'm, you know, he's a he's a younger quarterback. I'm sure there are plays he missed, but I don't think they gave him a fighting chance to make some of the plays that he would have made. My opinion. Let me ask you this: You guys, you know, Jay, you know the team better than I do. As you watch this game, did you feel like Brock Purdy had command of knowing what the Chiefs were doing defensively? Did he check out enough? Did he audible enough? I'm just raising the question. I don't know. Because yeah. I, I don't f- feel like I saw that you, at all. You know what's funny, Drapers? I was I said this to Whitey yesterday, Whitey. Remember I said this? I feel it's time for Shanahan to give Purdy more, put more on his plate. Mm-hmm. And we've heard this a bunch from, you know, throughout the last 10 years since Shanahan has been Shanahan, 12 years, whatever you want to call it, that – he has to have his guy, and you can't do a lot of check and balances and audible and things like that. To me, Drapes, there was two or three times that I thought Purdy saw something and he wasn't allowed to check out. Like, he couldn't get out of it. And it right. was, you know, because he's under the Shanahan reign. And now, again, this is what we heard. I don't know. I don't work for the team. We've always heard you know, analysts and different players and people come on and say, look, you have to do what Shanahan pretty much tells you to do. I thought there was a few times Purdy saw something and you could see he like, let me do me. Like, I want to get out of this. And he take a step back. And I thought he was trying to buy some time or allow, you know, secondary eyes to see. And maybe he was gesturing to Shanahan over there to say, I see something. I want right. to do something okay. different. And I thought he just wasn't able to do it. Because there's a couple times where, and I said this to Whitey, where they stacked the left side. And they, they stacked the left side with the linebacker, and you could see the safety over the they top. They showed it. They yeah. showed it. And you could see one. It was most, most of the time it was McDuffie on the right side, and you could see he would send someone over in motion, and I'm like, I know he wants to go over there. I could tell he wants to go over there. And he just went ahead with the play. He, you know, he would go with the run. And to me, I just thought it was, you know – I think he's shown enough that you can trust him, unlike the Garoppolo's and guys right, like right. that. And I, I think it's time for Shanahan to relent on something. Yeah, I thought, Kyle, my short answer to your question would be, uh, I thought once the Chiefs played a lot more man-to-man in the second half, you know, if you blitz uh, Purdy, especially if you're in zone, mm-hmm. he knows exactly where, where he go. could probably right. complete passes with his eyes closed. Right. But with man-to-man, obviously you can't do that because – 
You don't know, is he going to get open? Yeah, When's right. he going to get open? Right. And I thought the Chiefs did a really good job with their man press coverage, and I thought that just took the 49er offense completely out of the rhythm, especially Debo. He's hobbled. He couldn't get open, and so Purdy was back there waiting for something to happen too often, and it never, it never happened. I thought that was brilliant on Spagnola's part. No, you're right. I, I thought Spagnola, you know, I, I thought when I watched Spagnola in that defense, I thought they started off slow, like the Niners moved oh, yeah. the ball. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, we know that. I thought the second half was a much better defensively coached game by Spagnola. Like, I, I thought they, you know, whatever it was, they figured it out. Same thing with the Chiefs offense. Like, after halftime, second half, they sort of figured out, all right, where can we get guys open? How do we get Kelsey the ball? Where are some of the running lanes for Patrick Mahomes? And so, to your point about, you know, being outcoached, but let's keep it real. And I, I said this last week, and it's not me, me being a hater. The Andy Reid-Patrick Mahomes combo is this modern-day's version of Belichick-Brady. Like, mm. they're going to outcoach mm. everybody. They're going to outplay so everybody. They have. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. see, the, the only thing I say about that, Drapes, is – I, if you really look at it, no doubt, you know, uh, there's an action to reaction, right? But I truly thought the 49ers dictated a lot. Well, I won't say allowed, but they dictated what the Chiefs were allowed to do offensively. Like you should have stuck with man until you got beat. I don't. I didn't really see the 49ers get beat. There weren't many huge plays by the by the Chiefs. What they did was is what everybody does to the 49ers. Dink and dunk their way down the March field. Down that right. Way, yeah. The Niners are bent, but don't break type of defense right now and I thought they allowed that to happen like you have to trust if you're going to pay various Ward you have to allow that man to stick with someone opposite of the Chiefs like I'm not getting beat by none of those guys I we don't need to play zone today let's change it up and that's my thing where right, right. I, I truly believe to what Whitey is saying that's part of it and the other the other part of that is if Spags is running man Listen, if we can't beat some of these guys, then we need to dink and dunk as well. We mm-hmm. where were the screen I think passes? They started doing that. Yeah, where they were didn't the run any screens, but right. they did start throwing the outside a exactly. little bit later right, in the game. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get back to the phones. 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. And we'll tell you why one 49er is apologizing for what he tweeted about a teammate. Next, uh Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. So in trying to defend a teammate, a 49er offensive lineman has ended up throwing one of his other teammates under the bus. Drive guys here, Kyle Draper in Arizona, getting ready for the Kings and the Suns. Have you heard about this situation uh, with John Feliciano and Spencer Burford drapes? Yeah. uh, What was it? The uh, tweets or IG post or something like that. uh, Yeah. That I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Refresh my memory on that. Yeah. Well, you know, you had Chris Jones unblocked and that prevented, um, prevented Brock Purdy from completing a passage. Juan Jennings might have been a touchdown. 49ers had to kick a field goal yep. at the on their first possession of overtime. Well, a lot of people were furious at Colt McKivitz. So John Feliciano, the guy who got hurt, uh, he, on Twitter, he says, you know, I know everybody knows everything, but that's not what happened. He says a quick chop is not needed if the guy that was supposed to block him blocks him. So he's saying it's not Colton's fault. Well, it was... <laughs> He didn't say it, but it was Spencer Burford's fault. So Burford on Twitter says, yeah. <laughs> sheesh, I opened up my app to this. And then Burford says to his credit, he goes, get well soon, bro. So, mm. <laughs> and then Feliciano says, I'm sorry. 
I woke up hungover and feeling like a B-word. I'm trying to have one's back. I hurt you. It's bleeped up. I apologize. You got nothing but greatness ahead of you. I'm sorry. Oh, blame it on alcohol. This is bad. <laughs> that's a bad look. That's that's pretty bad. That's that's bad. You know, I, yeah. to throw your teammate under the bus, basically. Yeah, but he did it because he was trying to help out his other teammates. Right, I, yeah. right. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's uh, – I'll tell you what. There should be a rule, a policy that you stay off social media for mm. about 48 hours after you lose a Super Bowl or something. Mm-hmm. Because it's not only this, you got the Ayuk situation, you know, with his girlfriend and everything, putting things out. Like, everybody just need to, it's it's okay to not say anything, you know, just keep your mouth shut. Like, they're, they're not doing themselves any favors uh, by jumping on social media. And, and that's just a bad look, I think. Yeah. But then what are we going to talk about? I don't like right, your idea. Right. It makes sense, but I don't like it. <laughs> It's great content for us. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, that was another injury, right, Jay, that hurt the 49ers with Feliciano going down, and then you had to have Burford in there. And then Burford, which shouldn't have been in there. Oh, it's like no, we're doing, man. We sound us. like the 49ers. We, we're looking right, bad, a, man. We're, fa- we're, we're falling we're, apart at the scene. Right. Just, Jay, this is Ross Tucker. This is what Ross Tucker's talking about. Yeah, he is. I got to get Ross on, complaining. too. Yes. Stop whining. You, you know what I mean? Whitey just spent the first hour of his show listing down 20 injuries. <laughs> oh, Debo, hamstring, kiddo, shoulder. I mean, bro, is that what we doing right no, now? No, we lost, man. Come on, man. We lost. <laughs> we lost, and we, unfortunately, we got to take it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, by the way, this afternoon at Team HQ, talked about this notion, this perception that he can't win the big game. He says, you'd love to fix perception because I would love to win one for what I know about football and stuff. And I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do, which isn't fixing perception. It's winning a damn Super Bowl. Mm. So he's right. I mean, the people are going to say that until he does it. Right, right. You know, I got this old saying, and this goes back to Kevin Garnett uh, when I covered him in Boston. You know, he's considered a great winner now, winning culture and all. Well, you're not a winner until you win. Yeah. And so for Kyle Shanahan, until he wins, he's going to have this label. I think I think he's a great coach. I think he's a tremendous coach. But now it's four big games where they've had double-digit leads that he has not been able to cash in and get it done. And so he has to carry this. He has to own this until he until he gets back to that point and sheds that label. I think it's honestly fair, guys. When you look at it, you know, arguably was that the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history? Twenty-eight-three. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. When he was offensive coordinator. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously what happened in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. Uh, what happened, you know, last year as well. What happened to Super Bowl in 2019. Like, he has to own this. Like, this is part of his resume right now. And until he gets over the hump, he has to carry it. But he also says this, as far as you can't win a big game. He says, when you say big games, and this is a quote, I'm reading a quote from today. Mm-hmm. When you say big games, we had to win a bunch of big games to get to yeah, Super Bowls. Yeah, We've yeah. won a lot of big games here. We won a lot of big games to get in the playoffs. The fact we keep getting there shows you guys how much we've won big games. End quote. You buying that, Kyle Draper? No, because Marv Levy won a lot of big games also. <laughs> Buffalo Bills won a lot of big games also. Right now, all you are is, you know, a glorified, you know, uh, wow. I don't want to say loser, but, you know, it's like you you can get, to, get, the, get a team there, but you can't get them over the hump. And let's keep it real. Before the season even started, 
there was some talk about Ken Shanahan get this team over the hump. And I, I, I would love to bring in Jay or Simone or whoever because you guys are Niners fans. Do you believe Shanahan is the right guy to get you over the hump? Because I remember at the beginning of the season we had this conversation. Our boy TC called in about this as well. It's like everything is tailor-made for Shanahan. You got high-paid defense. You got stars on offense. You got your quarterback. What's the excuse right now? And so I open the floor up for Niners fans. Do they believe Kyle Shanahan is the right guy to get get them over the hump? It's not Drapes talking. I'm a hater. I know that. But you got to look at his record. Sure, he's won some big games, but he's also come up short. (laughs) He's also come up short. He's had two double-digit leads in Super Bowls, and his teams did not win. He's just got to decide what he's going to do as far as adjustments. Tony La Russa, when he managed the A's in the World Series, that was one of the greatest teams you'll ever see. They lost yep. two they lost two World Series. It's like, what are they doing? And he admitted, he's he'll tell you. He's like, I learned from that. And yep. then he went to the Cardinals and they won. Bochi, uh, when he managed the Padres in the World Series, he didn't do a very good job and he learned. And then with the Giants, like he knew what he was doing. Kyle Shannon has to make those adjustments, whatever they are. That's why I think to answer your question, he is the right guy because we know whether you like Shannon or not, he's smart. Smart a smart person can figure out they can be flexible if they're smart enough to learn to be flexible. So far he has maybe shown that he's not as flexible as right. he should be, but I think he is the right guy because a, he has gotten him here and B, I still think he's smart enough to figure it out. Jay. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think it's kind of one of those things. Well, who do you play replace him with? Yeah. Right. Right. You know, That's especially the, the way and the other part Nick of it. Too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, my guy went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. I mean, they're both in the same yeah. field, I guess. Yeah, I, but yeah. I, I'm with you, Whitey and Drapes. I, well, Drapes, I know you're proposing a question, but I think Shanahan has enough to do it. I mean, we've seen it. There, there's been a few things that haven't gone their way. And just like you're saying, one thing as I'm getting older, I'm learning, you know, to make adjustments and know when to, especially as a parent. Sometimes you have to, you know, draw back. You have to be a little more aggressive, those type of things, which both of you guys could, could speak to at a better, uh, a better capacity than I could. But I think he has the gift to do it. It just hasn't happened. And I just used the Andy Reid situation. It's like, look, Andy Reid was just this guy. For many, many moons, we talked about Andy Reid not being able to do something, and he got the first one, and now look, Mm -hmm. it's starting to snowball. So I I, I think Shanahan has an opportunity. I I, I agree, but Andy Reid had to go elsewhere. You know, as great a coach as he was, he had to go elsewhere to sort of rehabilitate himself, get it done. And, you know, Shanahan is still a young guy. He's going to be around forever. But, you know, Ryan Williams-Art on the chat says Kyle's greatest weakness is that once he has a lead, he manages not to lose instead of finishing Agreed. the job. Yep. Oh, did we lose Drapes? No, no. I think Drapes is – oh, maybe. No, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I think okay, gotcha. the other Sorry. part, too, for me, and I've, I've said this a hundred times, and I try to kick back on some of the guys like TC and people who call in about Shanahan – I truly believe his true weakness is, and it kind of stems off what Ryan is saying, it's adjustments. He doesn't make adjustments when you can clearly see you have to pull a string. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, whatever you were doing for three quarters, the, the momentum has changed or something has changed. It is now time for you to change to counteract that. And he doesn't do it. Oh, when we come back as promised, take a look at, uh, 
Wemby's block party. Uh, and uh, we'll also put Sabby's triple-double streak in perspective. And we need to answer this question. Are the 49ers the Utah Jazz of the modern NFL? Oh. We'll do that when we, <laughs> when we come back. Drive guys on Sackdown Sports.